guys are here today, and I know our students are, are joining us today, but you guys better stay awake because I'm going to ask for volunteers in a minute. They're probably at least you three, you know, going to do some dance moves. It's going to be a great day. Okay, very exciting, very exciting. How many of you would like to see our students dancing on stage? How many? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Uh, we've kind of been in the series called uh, The Bible Says What, where we've looked at these weird passages of Scripture, passages that maybe are not super familiar to us or ones that we read and we say, now what is that all about? And we don't quite know what that is. Um, but today we're going to look at just a few more, more passages. Next week we're going to start with a new series. I haven't quite decided if it's going to be First John or First Thessalonians or one of those books. I'm still kind of trying to just wait for inspiration to sort of strike and hit me. Uh, but we're going to start by actually looking more deeply in Scripture starting, uh, starting next Sunday. But have any of you, and uh, maybe some of our young people have heard this as well, have you ever heard the phrase or read the story that it has been a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day? You guys, you guys read this or seen this before? Okay. Um, it's, kind of, uh, it's kind of a story that sort of talks about the other side of, of, of days in our lives. And as our staff was sort of putting this service together, we agreed that this was the goal for today. What we want to do is we want to make sure that when you leave, that you have lost almost all faith in church, in being together. We want you to leave and go, that was a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day at church. That's, that's, that's our goal today. And I do appreciate our worship team for really just giving it a very minimal effort uh, to, to get us halfway there already, uh, bringing your B game. That was very, uh, very helpful for me. Just kidding. <laughs> I mean, sort of. But, um, but you know, we're going to do that. You know, one of the things we've talked about in church, and this doesn't happen a lot here, but people like to complain about things. You ever notice that? People like to complain. People think complaining is a spiritual gift. Like they, they find what's wrong with something all the time, and uh, they think this is really how life should be. So today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about some of these things. We're going to talk about lights and worship and sound and sermons and all these kinds of things. And over time we get some of these complaints. The worship's too loud. The worship's too soft. We sing this song too much. We don't sing this song enough. Uh, we stand for too long. The lights are too dark. You can't see anything. Uh, the lights are too bright and, and, you know, all these kinds of things. The sermon is too, is too long. Sheldon tells too many jokes or whatever it might be. So I thought today what we can do is we can just address all of those problems as a church. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to have them bring the house lights up to the full brightness. That's quite something, isn't it? Now we're going to turn off all of our stage lights, and we're going to add these lights, okay? Is this better? Do you like this more? Uh, so we're just going to do this today, and that way I can see all of you and can call you out by name. Wouldn't this be more fun? Okay? So we're just going to talk about it. We're going to have a little bit of fun today. What about the greeting time? Let's talk about the greeting time. Everybody loves the greeting time, don't you? You have your extroverts that say, why do we not do a greeting anymore? And then you have your introverts who say, I would rather do literally anything else than have a time of greeting at the church. And yet, if we read the Bible, the Bible does say in Romans 16 and verse 16, it says, greet one another. Or 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 25 and 26, it says, brothers and sisters, pray for us and greet all of God's people. So guess what we're going to do today, people? Isn't this exciting? I'm going to give you guys an opportunity to do a greeting. And you can choose. You can say hello to somebody next to you. Maybe you can give a high five. If you're feeling really ambitious, give someone a hug. 
Uh, or if you're a real introvert, this is a great time to pull out your phone and see what's really going on in Facebook. Uh, or maybe if you need a bathroom break, this is that moment for you. So now for 30 seconds, let's stand up and let's greet each other in one of these ways. Okay, now sit down. This is not the, the county fair. Uh, let's stop. Let's not get too excited. So if you weren't before, hopefully now you're having a, a horrible, terrible, no good, very bad day. Uh, some of you are already. You're like, this is the moment the church was ruined today. You're saying Brittany is having a bad moment there? Thanks, Jeremy. Appreciate it. We tell the truth here. We try as much as we possibly can. However, if we really read the Bible, we've got to really read what it says. Because Romans 16, verse 16, it says, greet one another with a holy kiss. So let's all stand up again together. And uh, Lynn, get up here. <laughs> uh, just kidding. No, no, no. And it's, the Bible doesn't just say this once. The Bible says it, 1 Thessalonians 5, 25, 26. Brothers and sisters, pray for us, but greet all of God's people with a holy kiss. This is going to be a new verse in our student ministry and any singles ministry. I think it's always a great way to start off those ministries. Uh, let's just apply God's word. But some of us look at this and we say, I don't know that I want to go there. I don't know that I like that part of the Bible. Now, obviously, when we read it, we understand that this was a different custom, and, and maybe our customs are a little different. Probably giving someone a hug was, was part of that as well. But really, it was about getting in people's faces and saying, hey, there can't really be any problems between us. Uh, because we're this close to each other. But today I want us to talk about the Bible. I want us to talk about the Bible. Because one of the things that I believe is that we have become what I call Bible-ish Christians. Now, we're all guilty of this. I'm guilty of this too. If you think about how often we actually read the Bible, uh, it's probably not that high. A lot of us were given Bibles at graduation or other things, and we still do that when we graduate, especially many of our students. But most of us that get those, we probably never read them. We might pack them in to our college bag when we go off to college, but then it'll sit on our night table or stay in the box or be in the closet somewhere. And maybe this is true even of us day in and day out. We're not great at spending time in the Word. Now, I know a lot of you... Hardly anybody brings their Bibles to church anymore. Now, it's not, a, it's not a conviction. It's not saying, hey, you're a bad person because you didn't bring your Bible. A lot of people always say, well, I have the Bible where? On my phone. But it's an app that you almost never open. You open Facebook and email and Snapchat far more than you open the Bible app. Now, I'm not saying you have, to, you have to time yourself and say, I can spend five minutes on Facebook because I've spent five minutes in the Bible. But it should be part of what we do. What we also tend to do with the Bible is we only read the parts we like. If we're reading something over here and we're, oh, that's, that, that's a nice verse, I like that one, we read that one. But we don't always read all of the Bible. What's going on in the Old Testament? What's going on here? We like to read the parts we do. I can't even tell you how many times I get comments from people that say, I'm going through a hard time. What parts of the Bible should I read? I'm nicer, but my response should be, just read the Bible. Just start. Don't, don't just read it when you're in trouble or when something bad is going on in your life. 
give yourself a daily dose and feed yourself every day from the Word of God. That's why we call this the Word of God. It is the Word that God speaks to His people that ultimately should lead us to Jesus. That's what the purpose of this is. And a lot of us in our houses, maybe we have verses, or maybe even you you have verses in, in different parts. Maybe they're framed or they're on posters. One of the favorites is the one that we find in Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, that simply says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And we read this very triumphalistic, right? I can do anything in my life because God gives me the strength to do it. Now, I don't know about you, but I brought my little, you know, pencil bag today. There's a couple things that I like to, uh, like to use. I like to use a highlighter when I read my Bible. I, I'll get a Bible, and I always say, oh, no, this one I'm not going to do. And then I, I always highlight my Bible. Now, some people don't like to write in their Bibles, and that's okay if you don't. But I like to always highlight verses in my Bible. So when we get to passages like Philippians 4 and verse 13, it's nice to, to highlight that. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, right? It's a nice verse. We like it. The problem is, is that we don't always read this verse in context. If we read this verse in context, what does it actually say? If we go a verse ahead and a verse behind, look at what it actually says. I know what it is like to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. This is Paul speaking from prison, I might add. I have learned the secret to being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or living in want, because I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Yet it is good now that I'm going through these troubles. And basically what happens is the Bible, we read this one verse in the midst of it. We don't read what Paul's actually saying. He's saying, yes, we can overcome anything in our lives because Jesus is our center. But what we read that at is, I can do whatever I want because God's going to help me do that. And so I want to challenge us today that we're going to make some Bible edits as a church together. Let's make some edits here. Now, if, you're, if you don't want to do this or you're kind of bored during the sermon, then why don't you go ahead and count the Jesus lights right behind me. You can just count them. I'll give you a hint. Both the S's have 15. Some of you probably have already counted them. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, is it a little harder to count them when I walk back and forth and I keep distracting you? Um, okay, actually, there's 75 lights. I'm just going to spoil it for you. Um, but now some of you are going to check my answer and make sure that I'm right and, and actually count them during the service to be like, are they actually 75 or is he lying to us? Sheldon does tend to lie, um, which, is, which is absolutely uh, absolutely true. But I want you to trust me for a minute. I want you to allow me to push you out of your comfort zone and to trust me today. And I want you to stick with me till the end because we're going to do some radical things today about what we actually believe. Okay? So let's, let's journey together. When we talk about things like dress, how we dress, what does the Bible say about how we dress or how we should dress what does the bible actually say break out my highlighter i also want women this is first timothy 2 verse 9 i want women to dress modestly that sounds good let's highlight that okay with decency and propriety sounds good i like that adorning themselves not with elaborate hairstyles, hmm. not with too much jewelry, gold or pearls, 
the Bible says, or expensive clothes, but with good deeds. Well, now I need another tool. You know, sometimes, sometimes we write in here, well, context. So I'll use my pen and I'll write context because we've got to see it. But, you know, we, we don't actually apply that. As I look around today, I see, a lot of, uh, I see a lot of expensive clothes. I see some of the brands that you're wearing. I see some pretty good hairstyles and, well, some pretty not good hairstyles, let's be honest. Um, it is Sunday after all. But I see a lot of jewelry too. Hmm. Well, I need to break out another tool right now. It's a Sharpie, right? And it does work, I promise. But I don't like this. I like the part that says women should dress modestly with decency and propriety, but the elaborate hairstyles and the brand clothes and stuff like that, let's just, let's just go ahead and take that part out because, you know, we don't actually like that or there. The modesty is nice. I like that part, don't you? But the rest of it we don't actually do. We don't actually read the Bible and say, hey, we should dress more modestly. Okay, well, let's, let's go a little further. What does the Bible say about gossip? I know what we say about gossip. We say, you know, I want to know what's going on in people's lives so that I can pray for them, so that I can, I can be concerned. But really what we want is we just want to know a piece of garbage about somebody else. And yet the Bible speaks very plainly and honestly and openly about such a thing. In Romans chapter 1, Paul writes to the church in Rome at the time. And he says, they have been filled with every kind of envy and wickedness and evil and greed and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They are gossips. He puts gossip on the same line as murder. And he says, if you do that, you're as guilty as somebody who goes and kills someone else. In, in Thessalon 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 11, he says, our job is to build each other up, not tear each other down. And yet we spend so much of our time tearing people down around us, and we're doing it in this false humility of, actually, I'm really just trying to pray for them and be kind to them, when that's not actually true. We have allowed our lives to be, con to be consumed with gossip and what we know about each other. And I want to tell you something. Gossip destroys people, and it destroys relationships. We've got to learn to talk to each other. Well, let's go back to Matthew now. Let's go do this. Math Matthew talks about greed. What does the Bible say about greed? For this one, I'm probably going to need another tool. A pair of these. It says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where rust, where moths and rust, or where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. But we are consumed with earning more and having more and buying more. So we really don't need that passage, do we? So why don't we just take it out? Don't, we don't listen to that. What about anxiety or worry? What does the Bible say about these things? Matthew chapter 6, just, just a page or two over. It says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, and your body 
about clothes? Is life not more than these things? Or maybe when we go over to Philippians chapter 4, and it says, Do not worry about anything, but in everything, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. But we live at a time where we are more anxious about any, everything and anything all the time. We violate this. So you know what? Maybe we can just take that page out. What does the Bible say about marriage and submission? This is Ephesians 5. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your husbands. Well, we're not going to do that. In verse 25, husbands, love your wives. Well, I'll love her if she submits to me. Well, we don't do that, so let's just take that one out as well. Throw that one away because we really don't need it. What does the Bible say back in Corinthians about spiritual gifting? It talks about how the Holy Spirit of God is going to do incredible things through us, but we don't, we don't believe in that. We don't allow God to have space in that. In fact, the book of Corinthians is probably the worst book we have in our Bibles. The church is so evil and so wrong and is so misguided that Paul writes this letter to correct them and says, let me tell you something, you guys are bragging about how good God is based on how bad you are and how much he is saving you from. There is a guy in that church who is actively committing adultery and bragging about it to the church. Not only is he committing adultery, he is having sex with his mother-in-law. And he's coming to church and saying, look how big the grace of God is. And Paul writes to them and says, no. 1 Corinthians is not a book that our churches should be reading. And so maybe we just need to, maybe we just need to take the whole book out and throw it away and toss it aside. Now, I know what some of you are worrying about right now. <laughs> but what if we actually edited the Bible? This is an old songbook, just so you know. I don't want this to go viral on YouTube that some pastor tears up a Bible on a Sunday morning. Although some of you are probably mad that I even tore up a songbook. <laughs> but let's be honest, these are terrible songs. <laughs> um, did, it, did you feel something when I started? You did? You felt a little something like... I'm pretty sure he's not doing this, but what if he is? But yet, in our reading of the Bible, we do this all the time. Let's stop figuratively editing our Bibles. Listen, if you leave your Bible on the shelf and it never moves, it's the same as doing this. You're not allowing it to have any impact on your life. Or if we only read the passages that we like or think are good or fun, it's not really affecting us or helping us. And I want to tell you, we need to become Bible people. This is the word of God that leads us to the word of truth, that leads us to the person of Jesus who saves us from our sins. And if you don't read this or you don't know this, it's not going to affect your life. We have to become Bible people. If we're not Bible people, if we don't spend time in the word of God, we will never know Jesus. If we put God in the margins of our lives, and keep him at arm's length. And young people, let me tell you this. 
I know there's a lot of passages you're going to read and say, I don't really understand it, and it's okay. There are adults in here. There's, there's moments where I read Scripture and I go, I don't really know what this is saying. But I believe that God reveals himself to us when we are disciplined in doing this and in sharing this. Because let me tell you, in a world with no Bibles, in a world where God is always at arm's length, that is going to be a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. That's what really would be bad in our world today. And I think sometimes what we miss is that we have such an opportunity to open this, to share in this. There are places in the world where it is illegal to have this, and we leave it on our night tables or in our closets, or maybe we don't even know where they are. We have so much access to them on our phones, but we keep it at arm's length. And we tell God, listen, I'll, I'll come to you when I need something. When something really bad happens in my life, hey, that's when, that's when I'll talk to you. But read it day in and day out, that's not for me. I'm too busy. It matters. It's a big deal. And putting God in your life every single day is a wonderful gift. And if we miss it, our lives are going to be terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. God's called us to walk with Him. And one of the greatest ways that we can do that is by engaging in these things. So I want to encourage you, get on the Bible app. If you don't have it, download it. Sign up for one of their daily readings. It doesn't have to be these huge things. Listen to it on the way to work, on the way to school. Turn down the music. Turn off the social media. Spend time with the Creator. It'll change the way we live. And hopefully today, maybe many years from now, when you when you talk about, hey, what sermons do you remember? You say, I remember the day our pastor shared pages out of the Bible. That was the point. Just because we don't do it physically doesn't mean we don't do it every single day by abandoning the Word of God and leaving it in the mail. Don't do that with God. Put Him first. Make Him, make him your priority. Let Him speak to you every single day. And even if your days are tough and difficult, they will never be terrible, horrible, no good, very bad days. Because you'll be walking with Him. Father, today, uh, thank you that we can have a little bit of fun. Thank you that maybe we can, we're safe to push boundaries. And God, I just pray today that as we've, as we've maybe shared in this together, that you would just convict our hearts and our lives. I know that we have all kinds of reasons for why we keep you on the margins, why we abandon, abandon you every day and only call on you when we need you. But God, today I just pray that there would be some imagery in our lives that, that we would see, <laughs> that we kind of keep you at arm's length. And that we don't spend time with you like we should. And we wonder why our lives are filled with greed and gossip and anxiety and marriage problems. Because we're not putting you first. And Father, I just pray today that we would be blessed by your word. That we would consume it. That we would eat small bites every day. And God, I know I'm guilty of this too. There are days, sometimes the whole week goes by and I've just forgotten to read forgotten to pray because life has just been busy. God, please just convict our lives and our hearts. 
call us into your presence. Allow us to appreciate the gift that you've given us through your word. We thank you that your word points us to Jesus, that he saves us, gives us life. Father, just bless us today as we